Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God and his word are the same thing. As you read the word of God, the Bible says in uh, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. At a time like this, you need the word of God. And as you embrace the word of God, you embrace God. And as you embrace God, God would never leave you. He will not forsake you. The enemy will not rejoice over you in the mighty name of Jesus. Because whatever the enemy has planned to bring you down, to use to bury you, God himself will use that same thing to raise you up. And God will continue to raise you up, raise your household in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll look at the scripture reading from uh, Numbers chapter 13, we'll be looking at uh, chapter 13 and chapter 14. Uh, we're reading Numbers chapter 13, and we're reading from verses 17 to 33. Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 to 33. And uh, I hope you have brought out your Bible. Uh, if you have it on a device, I uh, hope you're opening it up. If you have the hard copy of the Bible, just open it up because God has speaks through his word. And as you're reading the word of God, there might just be something in that word that God has prepared for you so that you can receive a rema. You can receive a revelation just for yourself so that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, reading from verse 17. Uh, let's go ahead. I'm reading the New King James Version. Uh, let's go ahead together. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up, into, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor. And whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Verse 21. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamat. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zohar in Egypt. Verse 23. Then they came up to the valley of Eshkol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the promenades and figs. 24. Verse 24. The place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster with the men of Israel cut down there. 25. And when they returned from spying out the land after 40 days, now they departed and came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Piran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. 
27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quietened the people, verse 30. Caleb quietened the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and, and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Another version says an evil report of the land which they had spied, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless the reading of that word. Let's look at uh, chapter 14, uh, reading from verses 1 to 9, chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14 is just a continuation of uh, what the story uh, and the report they came back with and the state of their mind and how they regarded the challenges. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, reading from verse 1 to 9. So all the congregation lift up the, lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Only if, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, verse 6, But Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. 7. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Verse 8. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Verse 9, last verse. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not 
fear them. I read that together. Let's read that together. The last verse. Or let's read verse 8 together. Verse 8 together. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I trust that uh, God himself has spoken something in this word to you. And as the word of God goes, always believe. As you receive it, believe it. As you believe it, declare it. And as you declare, act upon it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you, God, for your word in Numbers chapter 14. Uh, 13 and 14. We thank you, God, because you want to use this scripture to speak into our lives. Because we know as you speak into our lives, it will be too late for the enemy to do anything contrary. Father, the word that you speak into our lives, let it find good soil in our, upon our hearts. And as it finds good soil upon our hearts, let it germinate. Let it sprout, let it flourish, and let it bear forth good fruits in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for this word. And thank you, God, for the word that you will speak concerning the 12 spies. As I listen to you, not man. As I listen to your voice, not the voice of man. As I hear from you, and not hearing from man. I know, O oh God, that you would establish your glory upon our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, I want us to uh, learn something today uh, because really in a time like this when We've said this over and over. There's so much crisis. The tendencies, people are looking at things that are happening around us and not God. People are looking at circumstances and not God. People are looking at uh, uh, what is going on, uh, their position, the position of others, and not looking at the word of God. Right now, as we keep on emphasizing, it, it, it's a time that, Many have not ever seen, not myself inclusive, never seen in our lifetime. When there's so much crisis, global crisis going on, we have the uh, coronavirus pandemic or the COVID-19 pandemic going on. Uh, that is still, we're all still managing to uh, see how this will be resolved. And we're all still praying that God would intervene, heal our land and heal the nations. And also, we have the economic crisis because with the lockdown, uh, basically, uh, things seemingly have grounded down. And it will take a while before uh, things are just back because right now, the health crisis is still ongoing. And uh, we believe that God himself would intervene. But because it's still ongoing, it's affecting the ability of the economy to continue as usual and i want to let people know as we've said we need to know what is god saying in a time like this 
so that we can know what to do. You do not create the storms of life, but God helps us to ride the storms of life. And that's it. You look at, uh, you go to the beach, you see the surfer, you know, you see them surfing on the, on the waves. That surfer knows, those that surf, uh, they know they do not create the waves. But uh, they are able to sense when a, a wave is coming and they are able to position themselves so that they can ride upon the wave. My prayer is that you will position yourself because while we are talking about the health and economic crisis, now we have an issue that has been ongoing for a long time, the issue of racial injustice. And this has brought, uh, it's, it's a wound that has been bandaged or, uh, or been covered up. This is also being reflected and it is also a challenge that has to be resolved even at a time like this. And I pray that God himself will give us that wisdom. The Bible says, whosoever lacketh wisdom shall ask of the Lord, who unbraided not and giveth liberally. It is a time when we should not be operating on man's wisdom. It is a time when we operate on God's wisdom because it is only God that would give us the wisdom to resolve the current crisis. The health crisis, uh, the economic crisis, uh, the racial injustice situation. It is only God. And when God gives the wisdom, it is a permanent solution, not a partial solution. And I believe that we will seek the face of the Lord so that we would be able to receive that wisdom that would help in ensuring that the will of God is established and the name of the Lord is glorified. Uh, uh, what the Lord laid upon my heart today is to talk about this story, the 12 spies, and uh, uh, out of it, uh, God himself would direct us by his spirit as to what he wants us to know at a time like this. This, uh, this is a story of men and women that had been delivered from Egypt. And as they were delivered from Egypt, they were, they were the Egyptians wanted to uh, capture them and put them back into slavery. But God himself fought on their behalf and we parted the Red Sea. And as they passed through the Red Sea by faith, uh, the Egyptians came after them and God himself destroyed all the Egyptians in that Red Sea. And as they went into the wilderness, God himself moved on their behalf and showed mighty work, great works, miracles in abundance. The supernatural operated in their lives. Even the enemies knew that God was with them. They never lacked anything. When things were running out, God himself intervened and there was a divine provision. Why was all this happening in the wilderness? Because God did not just bring them out to leave them in the wilderness. God himself brought them out to take them into the promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey. So God himself that brought them out is more than able to take them in. But he took them through the wilderness because as the scripture says, he took them through the wilderness to teach them. There are certain things that you expected to learn in the wilderness. Amen? Uh, because in the wilderness... It's not a farming situation. It's a learning situation. 
uh, we are expected to pick up experiences. And that's what life is all about. Because God takes you through certain things, not because he's not a good God, but because he's a good God, so that he can prepare you for what he has already prepared ahead. The wilderness is a time of season of preparation. The, 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 the land of Cana is the land flowing with milk and honey is a land of opportunities. And as we have said, this is a month of preparation and opportunities because God himself has already gone ahead of us as he had already gone ahead of the Israelites and prepared the opportunity for them. But he wanted them first to be prepared. And as they are prepared, they are in a better position to see the opportunities. You know, it's just unfortunate that in a season like this, now we are probably about two, three months uh, in a lockdown situation, but some parties have refused to prepare themselves. And that's the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. Uh, despite the fact they were going through the wilderness, they were going through a lockdown process, they were going through a self-isolation self from other nations and whatever, but they refused to build themselves up. So that, and that's why whenever they come encounter any problem, any challenge, they begin to murmur, they begin to complain, they begin to cry, they begin to, they do not look unto God who had intervened on so many occasions. The only way you can appreciate that God has not left you, God will not forsake you, God will not abandon you, God himself has a good plan for your life, is when you prepare yourself, you get ready. So irrespective of what you see, irrespective of what is happening, irrespective of how you feel, God is working because he's the way maker, he's the promise keeper, he's the light in the darkness, he, he is the one that would open the door and nobody can shut. Let's look at this uh, story carefully. The summary of all this is 12 spies were selected from the 12 tribes. They were leaders. There were certain expectation. There are people that God himself expected because there were many, but few are chosen. Because what they come back with, the feedback, the expectation of them was, was really to be able to do certain things that will build up the others. And that's what God is waiting for you so that your life would provoke others. Your life will transform others. Your life will bring about a restoration in the life of others. The Bible says the creatures await the manifestation of the sons of God. There are many that are awaiting your manifestation. So the more you delay, the more you are delaying this one. And we thank God that God is not a, an unrighteous judge, uh, a, a righteous father is not an unrighteous judge because once you continue to delay, then he has to look for someone to replace you. And my prayer is that you will not be replaced in Jesus' name. You will not be abandoned. You will not be cast aside. The question uh, we have always asked, at what time did God decide that King Saul will be set aside? King Saul had to step down and David will replace him. 
It is difficult to know because we, it's difficult to really know the fullness of the mind of God. We know in part. But God is the sovereign Lord. If you refuse to move forward, then he decides to set you aside. And that's what happens in this situation. The Bible says 12 spies were chosen to go ahead of the uh, nation of Israel to be able to give an assessment. They were given criteria. But in the midst of all that criteria, the most important criteria was to know that what for with God, nothing shall be impossible. God is more than able to do all things. But by the time they went into the land, the Bible says that the others, 12, 10 of them were looking on the basis of what they saw, how they feel, what they heard, and they came back with an evil report. They came back with a negative report. So it was not only... They had that in their heart. They now began to distribute negative reports, evil reports, onto the entire tribe. But the Bible tells us in this story uh, that this uh, scripture that there were two men, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, decided that they were not going to look at the challenges. They were going to look at God. And the statement they made is, if God delights in us, then we are more than able to take possession of the land, irrespective of the challenges. You know, when you look at this, you realize that the 12 spies, or the 10 of them, we had 12 spies going into the land uh, to carry out the will of God so that the children of God, the leaders that are important, will be able to lead the people in the right way. But unfortunately, 10 of them went in the direction of the spirit of error. And two of them went in the direction of the spirit of truth. What are we going to learn from this is that God himself had put certain things in their hands, but they could not see what God had put in their hands. Because they were looking at the challenges around them. They were looking at the, the, the fortified city. They were looking at the, 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 the size and stature of the people. And indeed, they came back and said, we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. And indeed, uh, uh, we are grasshoppers and we are like grasshoppers in their, in their eyes. What did they come back with? They came back with an inferiority complex. These were God's people for God's sake. These were people that had a big God. These were people that had seen the mighty hand of God go. These were the people that God had arisen on their behalf and fought on their behalf. And they now decided man was bigger than their God. And they began to be fearful. And they forgot everything that was put in their hands. It's just like, for example, right now, people are looking at the current situation, the COVID, the economic. These this are like anarchs in the land. The injustice, you begin to look at those things and you take your focus away from God. You do not look at Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. And you begin to lament that this is not possible. You are not able to take possession of your possession. 
It is time for us to now begin to see what God has put in our hands. You cannot afford to delay any longer. It is time for you to be, uh, begin to take what God has put in your hand. If there are challenges, if there are opposition, yes, you are expected to fight and take your possession. And that's what the scripture says in Deuteronomy. I believe that God says to the children of Israel, you have given you the land, begin to contend with the enemy. Yes, you have to contend because the enemy will not let go. So the annex of COVID-19 will not let go. The annex of the economic crisis situation will not let go. The annex of the racial injustice will not let go. So you and I want to contend with them and take our possession irrespective of what is going on around us. But the most important thing you need to do right now is to be able to know what has God because God has not left you without equipping you. What has God put in your hands? Because for you to get prepared, these Israelite spies, the 12 spies, they had to, every one of them had to know what God has put in their hands. Ten did not know, but two, two of them knew what God had put in their hands and they were able to effectively utilize Utilize it. Amen. So I want to ask you, uh, do you know what God has put in your hands right now? Do you know what you are holding in your hands? Or you're one of those that just believe that you do not have anything and your situation is hopeless. You are like a grasshopper in the land. And indeed, that is the way you view yourself and that is the way you believe everyone views you. But it is not about you. It is about if God delights in you, then even your enemy will make them, cause them to be at peace with you. Let's look at Proverbs 18, 16. Proverbs 18, 16. It says something very profound. It says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. A man's gift Where is the gift from? The gift that the Lord has put in your hands, the gift that the Lord has given unto you, it will make room for you. But if you do not know what you have, then how do you use it? How do you prepare it? And how do you use it to take advantage of the opportunities that are, that are out there? If you look at the scripture, Abraham had a gift from the Lord. He knew it. Moses had, David had, Daniel had, Apostle Paul had. They all knew. And even right now in current times, those that know what they have are able to use it effectively. If you do not know what you have, then the likelihood is that you are not going to be able to stir up that gift. You are not going to be able to stir up what, what God has already put in you. We know so many examples because of time. We're not, we know so many examples of people that have gifting out there. Sportsmen, entertainers, celebrated businessmen that have gifting. Scholars, academicians, they have special gifting. Ministers, pastors, they have special gifting. But for you to be able to take advantage of it is to know what you have in your hands. 
And that's why the scripture says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Once you know the truth of what you are carrying, then the likelihood is that your freedom has come. Your liberty and freedom has started and you are entering into the fullness of what God has prepared for you. But you need to stir up that gift. But before you stir up that gift, you need to recognize what you have. Let's look at Exodus chapter 4 verses 1 to 5. What do you have in your hands? What do you have in your hands? The 12 spies needed to fully, every one of them needed to fully know what they had in their hands. Unfortunately, 10 did not, 12 did, uh, two, two of them knew what they had. 10 did not know they had God. Uh, two knew they had God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Exodus chapter 4, reading from verse, we'll just look at verse 1 to 5. I will just paraphrase uh, because uh, of time. The Bible says that uh, Moses had a divine encounter with the Lord, but was not sure that people would believe him. And he said to the Lord, uh, they will not believe me or listen to my voice uh, when I say that God has appeared unto me. A God that has put something in your hands, he wants to ensure that it is worthy of his glory. And the Bible says, God then asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? Because Moses was looking at the people, he was looking at the circumstances, but he was not looking at what God had put in his hands. And that was the scenario of the 12 spies. Ten of them were not looking at what God had put in their hands, but two of them were. Joshua and Caleb. And the Bible says that Moses now took his focus away from what the people would say or whether they would believe him on and looked at what is in his hands and he said a rod. At that moment, he, had not even, he was not even in a position to appreciate what God had in his hand because he needed a revelation of what he was carrying. He needed a revelation. And I believe you and I need a revelation of what we are carrying. Sometimes we do not know what we are carrying because there is a greater one in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling out of stronghold. Because if God is with you, then who can be against you? The Bible says Christ in us is the hope of glory. You need to know what you are carrying. And what happened here is that God himself now had to give him a revelation. What did God say concerning the rod that he says a rod? The God himself now asked him to cast down the rod. And that same rod that looked ordinary now became a serpent. And the Bible says when Moses saw this revelation, the first thing he did was to flee from the revelation. <laughs> He must have broken an Olympic record, seeing the snake and the size of the snake. Because remember, it was that same snake that uh, eventually swallowed up the snake of the uh, Egyptian magicians. And the Bible tells us that when he fled from it, God gave him a word and that's what happens and that's why it's good for you to receive a revelation because God gave him a word don't run away from that revelation it might look impossible it might look difficult it might look something that you think would embarrass you but don't run away from that revelation because God has put it in your hands 
And God called him back and said, pick up the snake by the tail. It says, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And if anyone knows the way a snake is, whoever wants to catch a snake, uh, and uh, they, they know what to do about this, you don't pick up a snake, a snake by the tail. You, you actually pick it up. You try to ensure you, 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 you have the head firmly placed in a position where you can capture the snake by the head. Remember, I was just watching uh, some uh, YouTube uh, uh, video of a man, maybe somewhere in Asia, decides to catch a snake by the tail. And as he was holding the snake by the tail, he was actually dressed in their traditional attire of just a wrapper. As he was holding the snake by the tail, the snake began to wiggle. And suddenly the snake now beat into his wrapper. <laughs> the guy screamed. And... and I, I ran away and left the rapper and the snake. Because you don't hold the snake, right? But for Moses to have heard God and decided that this thing that was frightening to him was something that he had to pick up. And he went ahead and picked it up. And the snake now became back a rod. And that was the revelation that he had, that he had something in his hand. If they say they don't believe you, then the thing that God has put in your hand will make a way for you. And I'm speaking to someone out there. What happened in this uh, scripture? And the four things that happened in this scripture. God asked what was in Moses' hand. And Moses identified it. And God now asked Moses to use it in faith. And Moses used it in faith. And he honored God. And God honored him. And that's the same thing that happened in, uh, believe in 1 Kings chapter 17. And uh, especially in verses 11, the Bible tells us that God had told uh, Elijah to go to Zarephath. That there is a widow in Zarephath that he has commanded to provide for him. You know, it's basically in that uh, part, uh, scripture, First uh, uh, Kings chapter 17. And he went ahead, leaving Brook Chariot, and went to uh, Zarephath. He obeyed God. When he got there, he asked, he saw the woman. She didn't look like someone that could provide for him, but he acted in faith. Because God had put something in his hands. And the Bible says when he asked the woman to give him a cup of water, she was about going to do that. Then suddenly he now asked the woman to bring uh, the bread that she has in her hands. The woman did not know she had something. The Bible says eventually the woman says she does not have, she just has this flour and they're going to make herself and her son are going to make a cake and that's their last meal and they would be dying. But out of that, God himself manifested his glory. You need to know what is in your hands. The Bible also tells us about the, in 2 Kings chapter 4, about the widow of the, of the prophet. The Bible tells us from verse 1 to 7 that this woman had a very bad financial situation. Her husband had died. Her husband served the Lord, but he had died in poverty. And the Bible lets us know that the creditors were about taking her sons, as they would do in those days. Uh, and she cried out unto the man of God. And the man of God asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, a jar of oil. And from the jar of oil, 
came the blessing. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 to 12, God says to Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah says, I see the rod of an almond tree. And God says, you have seen well, I would hasten to perform my word. For those that might be familiar with the almond tree, the significance of this word is that the almond tree is usually one of the first trees to blossom in spring. So Jeremiah was not seeing it as it was, but seeing it as it will be, because he knew what God had put in his hands. And God says, you have seen well, I would hasten to perform my word. So you need to stir up the gift that God has given unto you. And I'm emphasizing on this because God has given a lot of us gifting that we are not utilizing. You have a rod in your hand. You have the loaf of bread in your hand. You have the, the, the jar of oil in your hand. But you are not seeing it. You are looking at the COVID situation. You are looking at the economic situation. And you are looking at all the injustice going on. God himself in this time can lift you up. He says he would do a new thing. Shall you not see it? He will make rivers in the desert and away in the wilderness. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. This is a counsel from Apostle Paul to his uh, spiritual son Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 and 7. This is a word to, uh, for Timothy from a spiritual father. It says, therefore I remind you, and I believe that is a word for someone. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. There was fear in the ten spies, but there was power, love, and of a sound mind in Joshua and Caleb. You know, fear is the greatest uh, a dream killer, a vision killer. When you become afraid, and that's why the Bible says fear has torment. When you become afraid, then you are not able to operate in power, love, and of a sound mind. And you are frozen on the spot, doing nothing. Some of us are, are walking in fear. But the Bible lets us know that we must stir up the gift of God. The Bible says, be reminded, you must stir up the gift of God. You have a gift in you. You have not been left empty-handed. God has not left you empty-handed, no matter your situation. And why am I saying this? It is time for you to empower yourself. When we see what is going on around, it is time for you to empower yourself. And I'm going to repeat it. Let him that have ears hear the word of God to you. It is time to empower yourself. It is not by your power or might, but by the spirit of God. Because God has given us the power to prosper. Remember, God is the one that gives the ability. Because when you empower yourself, you have influence. 
And I'm speaking to, uh, to, to believers and in so, uh, so many ways, other communities that have not empowered themselves. Because as long as you do not empower yourself, you do not have influence. If you do not have influence, then you cannot be used. When you look all the way, the Bible says uh, money answereth all things. It's not that money solves all problems, but money is able to answer that aspect of influence. The work of God needs resources. Uh, the, 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 the community needs resources uh, to be able to influence the things that are going on in terms of the laws of the land. They need influence. They need resources. Empowerment is not just your finances. Empower yourself by uh, ensuring you are well educated. Empower yourself by ensuring that you vote when you need to vote. Don't spend time in the mall when others are voting. Don't spend time drinking smoothie when others are voting and looking to ensuring to get influence so that their future and the legacy for their generations to come are being taken care of. I don't know whether it's fear or apathy. But believers have decided not just to enter into the uh, cave mentality or into the, the comfort zone. And we forget that until we empower ourselves, you would not be able to have that influence. But God has given us that power. And that's why Josh, uh, the Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says that the disciples were told not to go anywhere until they received power from above so that they would be witnesses unto God in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You need that empowerment. How do you receive? Is to recognize what God has put in your hands. I thank God for the job that you have. I have nothing against the job, but listen, that job is not what would empower you. I thank God for the level you are, but that level is not going to be the one you have to prepare yourself for the next level because you need to be empowered. God has put something in your hand. Some of us have cut ourselves off from everything. We do not participate in community activity. We do not particip participate in, in what is happening around us. And all we do is just walk 24-7 into that job that basically does not pay you anything. Sorry I'm saying this, but I'm not despising your job, but you have dwelt on that mountain for too long. You know, uh, the, the, the 12 spies or the 10 spies were already having that wilderness mentality. To the extent they now began to say, well, uh, maybe we need to go back to Egypt. We are not okay with going back. It is forward ever, backward never. God has prepared the opportunity. The opportunities are right ahead of you, not behind you. The opportunities are in Canaan, not in Egypt. The opportunities are in the land flowing with milk and honey and having the presence of God with you. Some of us will say, well, I'm okay with all the, what I'm doing. Uh, what? 
when things change, when crises like this come, suddenly people, there's a shaking. And suddenly what you have been holding on to and thinking is okay, suddenly there's a shaking, there's a shifting. And suddenly you are not able to remain where you are. And that's why some people are now walking in fear now of the jobs that are going to be lost. There are millions that are out of jobs. It is not a time to be in fear. It is a time to empower yourself. It's not a time to say, well, I wish I had done this before. It is a time right now to begin right now. If you have not done it yesterday, empower yourself today. Some of us are going to say, well, I, I, well, I, don't, I don't think I'm called for that. Uh, I'm just okay with my, doing my job. Well, some of us will say not everybody is called to do uh, something or to empower themselves. Uh, some of us are just okay with what we are. Well, when the circumstances change, you will now realize what I am saying. Because the God that has served, he wants us to move forward, not be stagnant, not go back. He wants us to move forward. And when the Israelites refused to move forward because they were not deciding to go back, the Bible says that God now said that he would not allow any one of them to enter into the promised land. Only their children were able to assess and Joshua and Caleb. The question I want to ask you, uh, because the Bible says, Proverbs 13, 22, that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children. At this stage in life, it is not about just surviving. Because some people, their focus is so much on surviving that they do not move forward. This is a time for you to empower yourself so that you do more than surviving. Life is not all about surviving. And I believe this scripture that says a good man will leave an inheritance for his, uh, for his children. It's not, about, it's not talking about those that spend all the time trying to survive. God has put something in your hands that would take you beyond the level of just surviving. Same thing, a good man leaves an inheritance. It's not about just, I have a good job. Because if that job does not exist, if that thing that you consider success does not exist, then you know that you are in trouble. So life is more, 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 it's more, uh, more than just uh, being a success. Because you can be a success in whatever your endeavor, but you have not fulfilled purpose. I believe that this scripture is saying that you are significant, you are impactful, you are leaving a legacy. So that even after you go, uh, there is something that is left behind that they will use and remember you. And that's what God is expecting, even from us. Not just to be concerned about just surviving. Not just to be concerned about what people will say that we have made, uh, been successful. Is how much impact have you made? And that's why the scripture says, on that day, God will say, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Why? Because you have effectively and efficiently used the talents, the gifts that have been put in your hands. 
Some of us have so many things. Uh, we do not want to begin to even go. And there are a lot of gifting uh, that we have. But I'll just mention some things. Uh, Exodus 31, verses 1 to 6, talking about Bezalel and the skills that God had put in him because the skills were meant for a specific purpose. Exodus 31, verses 1 to 6. There are skills that had been put in these 12 spies, but two of them used those skills, but 10 of them did not use the skills. They're gifted. And I'll just quickly mention some of the things that you might probably use. Because some of us are going to say, Pastor, how do I, I don't know whether I have or whatever. But you want to search within. How do I know? That was what Moses was asking. How do I know that uh, people would, how would they, people believe me? God himself will reveal what you have unto you. The woman, uh, or the wife of the prophet that died, that jar of oil must have been in their house even when the husband was alive. God will reveal it to you. Now the question you and I need to be asking is what are our gifts? What are our talents? What are the things that we love doing? You need to ask yourself, what, do you, what would you love to do if there were no element of a salary involved? What would you love to do? What would be something that would catch your attention? What ideas do you have? What would you love to make? What would you love to invent? I thank God for your job. I thank God for those things you are doing. I thank God for the little things in your heads. But God himself has given you more potential than that. I read a book so many years ago uh, called The Enemy Called Average. I think the writer is uh, John Mason or so. Uh, average, average lifestyle is an enemy. Being a mediocre is an enemy to the dream that God has given unto you. And that's what these uh, 10 spies wanted. They wanted to be average. They wanted to be mediocre. They said we are like grasshoppers. And they were okay to be grasshoppers in the land. But two of them said we are not average. We will maximize our potential. We will be what God wants us to be. If God delights in us, we would be able to get there. I want to ask you also, have you searched inward? Because God himself reveals this. It is what God used in revealing to all the people that found out what is in their hands. What are the problems that you are observing right now? And what solutions can be preferred to that problem? Or are you one of those that see problems and talk about problems and you are not allowing yourself to ponder on the solutions because as God opens your eyes to see the problem God himself is wanting you to solve those problems because he has put something in your hands another question I would like to ask you what gets your full attention Some of us are so, uh, we're, we're so involved in our attention is we see all the things that are happening in community. We see all the things that are happening in politics. We are not happy at what, what the politicians are doing or some of the community leaders are doing, but we are not doing anything about it. All we are doing is just complaining. When it's time to vote, you are not available. 
When it's time to be voted for and put yourself in a position, if you feel that someone is not doing the right job, then make yourself available. Another question I want to ask you, what was it that got you excited even as a child? What caught your attention as a child when there were no pretensions, there were no uh, what would people see? What are these things that excited you? What got your attention even as a child? What are the things that you would love to do then? Because sometimes some of this going backwards to see these things will reveal the things that God has put in your hands. Because at that time, you are not concerned about survival. Have you discovered what you have in your hands? God told the spies, bring the fruit out of the land. Why, you know why God told them that? He wanted them to have the fruits in their hands. Let them have a preview of what they will possess. Let them be able to feel the real thing, that this is it. This is what God is going to give them. And that's what God gives you. God always gives you a preview. And that's what vision is all about. Gives you a preview. This is what I'm going to do. And when you see what God wants you to see, he uses it to whet your appetite so that you can desire the bigger picture. The greater goal. As you... Discover what you have in your hands. Have you prayed concerning it? Have you sought advice from those that are knowledgeable in this area? Have you done your research? Have you compiled materials? You know, this is an area I'm very passionate about because it is time for us to rise up. We have opportunities. And when we even are the, the most important thing, and that baffles me, when we are given opportunity to play a part in the community, some of us disappear like the ten spies. Right now, we have a project to impact upon the community, to provide face masks for the community, to be able to be a blessing. But we find everyone just begins to look on how to survive, not being how to be significant. God gives us a preview of how to be a blessing. The Bible says, Jesus Christ himself says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And every opportunity that you are given to sow is an opportunity to harvest. Right now, there are problems out there. There are people that, there are elders that need, 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 to, need to be taken care of. Have you made yourself available? There are people that need to be visited or called on the phone. Have you made yourself available? Are, are, we, just, are we just sitting back and being at ease at Zion in this situation? What impact are you making? What problem are you solving at this time? Listen carefully, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are. You get promoted only when you solve problems. So you want to ask yourself, what kind of problem are you solving? Ten spies failed and they were demoted. Two spies passed and they were promoted. Who are the two? Joshua and Caleb. 
The question I want to ask you, where do you fall into it? There isn't much time, but the question I want to ask you, where do you fall? Are you one of those that are seeing the challenges and not seeing God? Are you one of those that are, are seeing all the annex and the problem and not seeing God? Because God has put something to solve that problem. Some of us are just talking about what is happening out there. Some of us are talking about the problem. Some of us are spending time talking about those solving the problem. But what are you doing? What are you doing? This is the month of June. and Today is the 14th of June. Tomorrow will be the 15th of June. And very soon June will be finished and it will be gone forever. Because there are 30 days in the month of June. What are you doing concerning this year 2020? Are you satisfied to be a grasshopper like this, this, uh, this spice? Or you are ready to move ahead? Let us pray. Let us pray. Just be brave about it. God, let me know what I have in my hands. The spies had something in their hands, but they did not know. Ten of them did not know. Two knew. Let me use what I have in my hands. Let me use it in faith. If you're waiting for God to move, God is waiting for you to move. The ball is in your court. Let me use what I have in my hand. Some of us have the ability to cook. Some of us have the ability to encourage. Some of us have the ability to just put, we have a sweet fragrance. We have the ability to lift up people at a time. Some of us have the ability to pray for others. Some of us have different abilities that we have looked as being common and simple. It's just a rod. It's just a jar of oil. It's just a loaf of, it's just a piece of bread. A morsel of bread. But listen, it is not what you think it is. It's what God makes it that matters. As you present what you have to God in faith and pray concerning it, your rod will become the rod of God. That jar of oil will save a family. And that bread will ensure that the gospel continues to move ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God. I thank you because there's so much we can learn from the story of these 12 spies. It is not all about what we see, hear, or feel. It is what your word provokes us to do by faith. It is time for us to move forward. It is time for us to be empowered. It is time for us not to be sojourners, but to dwell in the land. It is time for us to be influencers. It is time for us to be enablers. It is time for us to lift up others and put them where they ought to be. It is time for us to begin to manifest. Father, as you give us opportunities, let us not fail. These ten spies failed woefully. And indeed, they brought an evil report and encouraged the people to go back.
But two of them said, if you delight in us, and that's our prayer, if you delight in us, Father, we would be where you want us to be. The COVID situation will come to an end if you delight in us. The economic situation will come to an end if you delight in us. The racial injustice situation will be brought to a grand halt if you delight in us. Because, Lord, you are looking for men and women that will stand in the gap, that will see the bigger picture, that will not focus on just surviving or just being a success to please other people, but will focus on being significant. Father, when the roll call comes for those that want to be significant, Father, my hands are lifted up. I pray the hands of others will be lifted up. Father, I thank you, God. In Jesus' name.